0: Welcome to the Sandy Shores of Schwartz. This is the true crime podcast about Johnny Schwartz, the surfer who buried his victims on Sandy Shores before leaving their exposed heads to be attacked by armies of crabs. Johnny Schwartz started terrorizing the West Coast before moving to the South Coast and was most recently spotted on the East Coast before being arrested by the FBI. I was fortunate enough to interview Schwartz last June, For his arrest, and I have a clip of that interview, but before I play it back, be warned that Johnny's surfer accent is very strong and sometimes hard to understand.
1: I mean, like, first off, my given name wasn't Johnny, it was it was Dylan, but that's not nearly radical enough for me. Mm-hmm. And I knew I just kind of had to take this world by storm, kind of like I take life by storm. You know, if I see a gnarly, if I see some narnar forming off the coast of Micronesia, I'm obviously going to tackle it, okay? Mm-hmm. And I just want to start off by saying I didn't start the war. The war started me. And so, like, I was first attacked by crabs when I was a little silver surfer. <laughs> Um and t to be tbh with you like I don't feel like these allegations are totally justified. I'm just trying to get some nar out there. I'm trying to to wax things up and shred, and then like you know maybe at the end of the day sit back and and s- and split a shack burger with like you know a cool chick or something. I don't know, dude. Um. So yeah, what was the question again?
0: Oh man. <laughs> so there you have it. <laughs> Was that, was that narnar?
1: If you're not shredding narnar, then what are you doing in this life? Shred- That's my question for you. Shredding
0: narnar—that's so good. I just keep thinking about Emil Hirsch and uh, Lords of Dogtown. You just got Patty slapped.
1: You just got Patty slapped. <laughs> oh! The whole—the whole time you were talking, I was trying to think of a, a podcast name. So I'm like, Crabs' claws. Um, <laughs> And then you just didn't ask me to come up with that, so I I wasted all my time.
0: Yeah, the Sandy Shores of Schwartz. I gave it to you at the beginning.
1: (laughs) I just breezed right past that.
0: Oh, thank God this is not the Sandy Shores of Schwartz. Gentlemen and ladies, ladies and gentlemen, this is a show that Ryan, Michael Shaver, and I, Colin Aptry-Bear, like to call Bard to death. We are back with Bard to Death. We're in the midst of season two, as many of you know, and maybe some of you don't know. Uh, season two, the concept we're kind of playing with is we're coming to each conversation prepared to talk about one word. Our stories, our memories, our uh, content, our philosophical reflections all revolve around this one theme. And today, on this beautiful Monday, hopefully, wherever you are, that theme is is music. Surfing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> music. <laughs> music. Um, Ryan, I'm so excited to talk about music.
1: No disrespect to past steps. I love sports. I love food. I love... What was the other thing we talked about this
0: season? <laughs> laughter. I, <laughs> laughter. That was the first one, I, I yeah. could
1: I could take or leave laughter. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I may be most excited for this one because... This is something where we we were just talking before the pod. You and I are kind of, I don't want to say we're equals in so far as our experiences and relationships with music are the same, but like we're both equally just passionate about music, consuming it, mm. making it, producing it. Um, it, it. It makes us tick. Quite simply,
0: mm. we are absolutely equals when it comes to music. I think this is. I'm completely agree with you. Hearing me listening back during the editing and. and to me, talking about sports was kind of an interesting experience. <laughs> it was pretty trippy. You hated it. <laughs> uh, it's not that I hated it. It's just that I felt like a fish out of water. Uh, hopefully, that didn't come through too much. But I think we. Bo- I, I think for both of us, like we, we're going to feel very comfortable in this conversation. And um, yeah, a huge part of I would say our what predicated our friendship was just a, a love and passion for music. Kind of laid the <sighs> foundation for when 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 you can start naming bands that you're you know, that someone else that, you know, or, or like in high school can start to name. That's kind of the basis for a friendship in a lot of ways.
1: It really is. It's Mike, my earliest memories of you and I being friends are us driving around our town, listening to sad white boy music <laughs> <laughs> and they're really fond memories. I'm not like apt to the recreate them necessarily today <laughs> at, at age 29, but yeah, um, yeah. But they were really, yeah, really sweet memories. And it, it, the world felt really small and insular and, and we just had our cars and, and we would just drive around aimlessly with, you know, the most pressing thing to do was to find the next great album and, and share. Exactly. It
0: with and even I'll say, Ryan, even to this day, you and I have a bit of a, um, I don't know, a little contest, a little competition for like so. who, who can still find the best, you know, like yeah. we, we've, we've you know, that's a huge part of, I think us in high school is wanting to be the guy in our friendship who found the next good band and be able to like, take take credit for it. Um, I, I will go ahead and name that. And I, and, and I'm, I'm happy to name this, uh, now, and I know you're going to gloat about this, but probably more than (laughs) any other friend introduced me to more bands that I still listen to today at a, at a younger age. Um, it's it probably comes down to to you and and Josh of you guys are pretty neck and neck If Josh has shown me a lot of musicians I'd never heard of in, in seminary and you know kind of beyond college and you during high school and college like we were always I feel like trying to find I mean Death Cab I I have to give you Death Cab still to this day of had never listened to Death Cab for Cutie until you told me about them it became one dude, of my favorite bands
1: dude two quick notes first off Josh gets all his stuff from me so <laughs> ipso facto you continued to get it for me second (laughs) right back at you yeah i mean Mm -hmm. and i think in a weird way it's harder to share music these days because everything's so fragmented and there's just so much content and so many ways to find Mm. artists and stuff spotify you know you could spend a year of your life just Mm. following strings but when we met like the world the music world still felt small it still Mm -hmm. felt like there was x number of bands and that we were gonna like, and we had to go find them. Um, Absolutely, and we had limited ways to do that. So I, we, we, I think we became friends at a at an interesting time. I don't want to get too mm-hmm. ahead of ourselves. We can, we probably want to start somewhere <laughs> else, though.
0: We do, yeah. And I wanted to name Death Cab up, up front because I a little full full circle, maybe to close out this episode. I I want us to tell yeah. that our, our Death Cab story experience, but um, before we get into that and some of the specifics, I really want to engage a conversation on because I know that you and I are both musicians, obviously, and we talk a lot about music. We both have experience recording music and being in studios and playing with other people and also playing, both of us playing multiple instruments. I want to kind of save that conversation and start really at the beginning for us. And the first, I figured we could start with maybe just one question. Mm. What is your first memory of music? Listening, specifically listening to music. I want this conversation to be more about us as consumers wow. and, and lovers of music.
1: Yeah, this is a, a resolutely unsexy first memory. Like, it's really, <laughs> I, I've i always been jealous of of the almost famous, you know, mm-hmm. story where the kid is approached by his older sister. She gives him that the vinyl by the who and mm-hmm. like that launches that's that's the moment that's where it all clicks for him and he's like yeah. oh this exists for me mm. it was like the late 90s and i remember encountering the now that's what i call music cd's <laughs> And I was like, wow, every great song in one place. Yeah, yeah. And they're gonna keep making these for the rest of my life. I remember having my parents buy me now one.
0: That was had- the like original like manufactured mixtape. Exactly. Mass- a mass-produced mixtape with like the hits.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the no coherent theme to these things. It no. just had like 20 number one hits on it. And you liked seven of them,
0: and exactly, yeah. And, and a team, a team of like suits behind it, saying, "How can we make the most money?" Like, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and we ate it up. Yeah, I mean that was. Do you remember what num- number now it was?
1: I remember it was now one, and I think the first oh, track, geez. the first track was a Janet Jackson track, if I remember. <laughs> I don't remember which song, but I remember that was number one, and then like. uh... You know, like The Verve might have been on there. Oh, The um,
0: Verve, dude. Dude,
1: should we, should we pull up the track list? A Little
0: Bittersweet Symphony. Should we I, do just I, a quick I, one? I had to Google it. Now, that's what I call music number one. You're right. Together Again, Janet Jackson, song one.
1: <laughs> oh, I seriously got it right. Dude, I you haven't thought right. about this in decades. I'm trying
0: to find the year. Okay, October 27th, 1998 is when this was released. So this is a 1998 release, track like, one. Together Again, Janet Jackson. I'm
1: Tra- seven at this time.
0: Yeah, seven years old. Um, oh
1: gosh, this is not good. <laughs> no, you're not. Backstreet se- Boys. You're not
0: seven. What? Uh, you, you, we were I'm born eight. in.
1: I'm eight. My no, bad.
0: No, you're not. We were born in '89.
1: Yeah, you said '98. Yeah,
0: 1998.
1: I was born in December though, so I'm. <laughs> okay,
0: 1998. Carry the you one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you would have had a birthday.
0: Yeah, not, we're nine. We're nine years old. Uh, on this i'm
1: still yeah i'm eight though i haven't turned nine yet in this this Ten, is the okay. worst i'm not i'm not go, <laughs> i'm not going into my, yeah. a terrible start All right let's
0: just run through it real quick together again janet jackson track two as long as you love me backstreet boys
1: oh classic not <laughs> Tra- not their best
0: but not their best fine. track three the way by fastball track Don't four flagpole Sitta by Flag harvey Bowl danger Sitta. Sitta. sita Track five, U kind of oh. deep track, Say You'll Be There by the Spice Girls. Spice Girls, Girl. that was
1: one of my seven, for sure.
0: Uh, track six, All My Life, KC and JoJo, of course. Track Dude, seven,
1: <laughs> I skipped to the last song. It's going to be the best. Stick around, oh. listeners. The, the last song is the greatest okay. song. <laughs> we okay. used to have
0: a lot of jokes about the last song on this mix. Track seven, Never Ever, Single Edit by All Saints. Track eight, If You Could Only See by Tonic. Track nine, If You Could Only bop. See
1: Oh, Mbot by Hansen.
0: Mbot by Hansen. That was big. Track 10, Zoot Sweet Riot. Track 11, Shorty, You Keep Playing With My Heart. I'm guessing, can't see it. Imogen. Imogen. Track 12, Anytime by Brian McKnight. Track 13, Barbie Girl. Oh, oh Barbie Girl. Girl. By Aqua. Classic. Track 14, Karma Police by The Radiohead. Deep wow.
1: Deep the deep. Radiohead.
0: Uh, track 15, I Will Buy You a New Life by Everclear. I Will
1: Buy You a New Car.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> track 16 was huge. Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz.
1: And? Track
0: 17, Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground. Just,
1: just the greatest song I of the decade.
0: sex and... <laughs> that song. Brutal. Oh, so good. So that's, yeah. your, that's your first experience listening to music.
1: Yeah, yeah I remember, how, you know, your, my parents would buy me CDs um, and you'd listen on like a physical CD player in your room and I guess you didn't do anything else. You just sat there and listened, right? I'm trying to remember. Maybe in the car.
0: Oh, absolutely. Sat there and listened. I remember buying my. Well, anyway, sorry. I don't want to jump into my. But yeah, like no TV in the room, no computer. I had a. I had an electric typewriter in my room growing up. Wow. Would crank out. Actually, I distinctly remember um, writing lyrics, listening to my CD stereo that had a cassette. You know, cassette player on it too, because I had. I started on cassettes, and. Writing down the lyrics, typing the lyrics on an electric typewriter, so I could have the lyrics because this is like pre any sort of access to internet in my home, <laughs> so I could listen and Just read through the lyrics.
1: <laughs> a proto lyrics dot com. <laughs> God,
0: that, yeah, that like wow. exactly, yeah, pre like lyrics dot com, all that stuff. That's Dude, a that's great not... memory. Do you do you remember where you listened to this? Where you bought the CD? How you got it?
1: It had to be at like a Best Buy or a Circuit City or <laughs> a. Um... What was that one? Johnny Goods or
0: Do you remember that CD store? Like Something oh, yeah. Goods. Yeah, it was in the mall or something. Uh yeah. so it was in the mall. Warehouse Music was big. Where, yeah, in you, yeah,
1: You'd flip through it like people flip through vinyl. Exactly. Um, yeah. It costs like it could cost like $18. What mm-hmm. a tremendous Waste of money.
0: If it didn't have the, like, edited sticker, you, like, try to convince your mom to let you get it. I remember getting...
1: Parental advisory.
0: <laughs> yeah, take off your pants little and jacket by Blink-182. Yeah. That was a seminal record for me. I remember getting the edited ver. My mom making me buy the edited version. So just <laughs> missing words left and right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Yeah, I feel like I'm a little insecure about that first kind of significant memory but at the same time, it seems probably representative of kids who grew up in the the mid mm-hmm. to late 90s that like CDs and you'd see commercials for these things and you'd be like, oh, I'm going to buy that CD now. Um, mm. Especially if you were nine and you really didn't know better. Like mm. you were just kind of force fed now and that's what you listen to. So
0: exactly. Um,
1: yeah. And I remember my buddy Scott like knew all the words to every song. Mm hmm um at that age and I was like oh like that's what I aspired to be like mm-hmm. I wanted to be a person who knew the lyrics to every song and uh and his mom let us listen to old dirty bastard uh so oh, just his mom a little more liberal with the old uh the old <laughs> music Sh- sharon sharon wouldn't let it fly I love uh, it
0: she was the cool ODB.
1: mom <laughs> yeah <laughs> the
0: cool mom on the block um yeah, So how about you yeah so I actually had this, it's funny that you mentioned almost famous because I had that. I actually was lucky ah, enough to have that kind of seminal of moment, gun. and it was with my dad. Um, yeah. and he came in with a brief, it uh, looked like a briefcase almost, and um, popped it open. It was like a hard gray kind of like briefcase, popped these two latches open, and there were all these cassettes, mm. cassette tapes. And um, he was like, This is you know th- this is the kind of stuff you need to be listening to and he helped me get like a my first cassette player cd kind of alarm clock thing an old sony thing i yeah. still ha- i still have it um and uh, mr jones by the counting crows was like the track um, yeah, August and everything after by the Counting Crows, that record. Nice. Uh he had the CD and the cassette and I he had like bootleg recordings of the Counting Crows somehow. He had uh R.E.M's first record, he had Led Zeppelin on cassette, he had Matchbox 20, Yourself or Someone Like You on cassette. Um Dixie Chicks. I mean, he had he had like all, some really great uh, classic rock, Tom Petty, um you know, he had um he had, he got into some some of the Nora Jones stuff too, so he had some of that kind of the more jazzy kind of poppy stuff. But, um, yeah, man, that that cassette briefcase, which I am ashamed to say I, I don't know where it is. I am so sad that I don't man. still have that. Um, I probably ran through those the Beach Boys he had in there. I probably oh, I probably ran through that like a wow. hundred times of tape. I wore those tapes out, and wow. um, ever since then, man, I was kind of I was kind of sold on music. Like that was mm. it was really all credit goes to Papa Bear Big Kev and That's um, amazing. I remember when he got um August and everything after that that Counting Crows record which I'm trying to remember I think that's their first record I'm 90% sure it is. Um and we he drove a black uh Tahoe like an old Tahoe um and We would put track three, Mr. Jones. We would listen to that track. Like, literally, when I was a kid, I would say, Start it again. Um, (laughs) Start it again. Because I think that was a 1995 record. So at that time, I was six. You're a repeater. Um, Maybe seven, yeah, seven or eight at the time that we started listening to it. And I would just say, Start it again, start it again. And for some reason, like Adam Duritz, lead singer of The Counting Crows, singer songwriter, his voice became like what I thought a good singing voice should sound like. And influenced me more than probably any other. And then like Neil Young, like Adam Duritz and Neil Young, two mm. singers I listened to a lot growing up. Both very unique, odd voices. Dylan, of course, and Bob Dylan. Mm. Like th- that's who I thought you wanted to sound like. As yeah. was, you know, that was like so. it Was a lot of folk, lot, you know, um, you know, kind of that alt rock, kind of folky, classic rock sound. So
1: yeah, that's a great man. I, I'm see that's what I'm envious. I wish I had that. That year one moment where I'd be like, that's the moment and that's Mm -hmm. the artist. But for me, it was more pop, low calorie.
0: And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, like nothing I just wrong with that. Take off your pants and jacket. Blink 182. That was, that was a uh, my first CD that I ever I And mean, it was my brother's. He gave it to me yeah. and um, my older brothers and handed it down to me. And when I, and I had that old CD player that I had to, wa- I had to walk like I was carrying the freaking Ark of the covenant because <laughs> <and he didn't, laughs> no he, skip. Yeah. No skip protection. Um, Walkman's way more durable at that time. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was, uh, and I'll say too, like there was, there was, uh, I remember Sean Schneider, neighbor, older kid from across the street, um, him telling me what a burned CD, was, like how, oh, or yeah. even before how to make your own custom mixtape, like cassette tape. And he took a bunch of tracks and spliced them onto a cassette tape for me. Cause he had a stereo that had an A deck and a B deck. I don't know if you remember mm. that. Yeah. And, and I paid him like five bucks to make like my first ever mixtape and i remember like um nickelback was on it oh, like yeah. i mean it was just like um or i'm pretty sure it may even have been pre nickelback but yeah like sex and candy was definitely on it um <laughs> and then i and then i remember saying that's the coolest feature i've ever seen like this guy essentially just made a record custom yeah. how much for your stereo and he was like, "You want to buy my stereo?" And I was like, "How much?" And he was like, 40 uh, He was like, forty bucks," because he wanted he wanted a newer stereo that had a CD yeah. player. And so I bought his stereo that just had the A and B cassette decks on it for forty bucks. Still to, to this day, have it in my mom's garage. <laughs> she's
1: been trying to get rid of it.
0: <laughs> no, I've just, it's, I just always like nothing. It still works. Nothing ever went wrong with it. And Sentimental value dude. that for, yeah, that first real stereo that had like the separate speakers is such a big deal. And you could also clip them together to make one unit.
1: Yeah. I would, I would pay my brother. Actually, I don't know if I paid him, but I would have him <laughs> burn CDs. He would download the songs that I wanted and then burn them all on a CD. Probably fried untold numbers of desktops <laughs> with like lime wire downloaded you know Dude. single tracks and um yeah, he would he would do it for me. Like if I had a field trip coming up, I would yeah. ask him to download these songs and burn it for me. And then you it was like being armed in battle. It's like you're heading into a field trip with your perfect CD. Um I was, love it. It was amazing. Uh, I I, I kind of miss. I mean, we have that with Spotify playlists nowadays, but it's not the same. It's it's like too That's easy not. now. Yeah, it was hurt. It was it was like an, a real effort and a monumental triumph mm-hmm. to produce. You, you heard your fan spinning in your computer. You were worried it wasn't going to work, <laughs> and then you finally it came out like you know, uh, like a, like a little test tube in, in a lab. Yeah. I hope it works. And and when it did, it was uh, Mm a triumph.
0: Yeah. And it it goes in, the blank CD goes in as, you know, unused pizza dough and it comes out like just a deep dish. Like you're, it's just, it's a, it comes out a diamond and you're so excited yeah. to pop it in. And then of course, like, you you know, something goes wrong. And and I feel like the burn time took so long. It was like the actual length of the songs. Like it took like a full hour to do yeah. a record. And it was like, that was back when, like, when you gifted someone one of those, uh, it was a big deal cause you had to put mm. a ton of thought into it. And then you would write, um, You'd get the unmarked, sorry, just smash smash my microphone. Clink. (laughs) Um, Getting passionate about music over here. Um, But you would get the blank CDs and write in like a tiny little thin marked Sharpie. sharpie. Yeah. You'd write the track, the artist, and the time of the... (laughs) For
1: Sarah. Love, Colin. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: not not far off, actually.
1: Did you ever give a girl a burn CD? You did? Absolutely.
0: Uh, and I've had I had a backfire multiple times. I oh had handed those out like skittles. Everyone was tasting the rainbow.
1: Just <laughs> flinging them at people. The English teacher got one. <laughs>
0: oh, you see <laughs> you sliced my forehead. <laughs> like slinging them like 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 three ninjas like Dude, oh, I was from, just like thinking three ninjas. Three ninjas. <laughs>
1: ninjas. Yeah. Like throwing stars. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. All right, tell me tell me Rai about your first ex- so that's we covered physical music there, which I expect I expected that's, you know, talked about cassettes, talked about CDs. Talk to me about your first experience with digital music. We, we you, met, was, you touched on that a little bit. You mentioned LimeWire. What?
1: Yeah, it, it was. So it was twofold. So it like the proto digital age was like what? Oh two oh three. I have no idea. Borderline like oh, like I'm eleven twelve. Okay. It was LimeWire. It was um
0: yeah pre iPod.
1: Yeah, pre iPod LimeWire uh Kazaa yeah and- BearShare something mesh or something, and all of them fried every computer they ever touched. Was, like, was
0: BearShare in there? Can I throw that in? Was that just me?
1: That sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> Is
0: that just one I invented that didn't take off? I,
1: that's, that's like your little <laughs> startup idea.
0: Oh, Napster. You got to mention Napster. We got Series B funding. <laughs> okay, Ser- so Series Bear funding. What's the first digital thing you listened to? Do you remember? What device? What context?
1: So I don't remember, like... What the end? I think if it was downloaded on LimeWire or something, it, it it went on a CD. But I do remember getting iTunes in my and an iPod for the first time, and mm. I remember the very first three songs I downloaded because um, mm. for a while there. Because it costs like a buck a song, right? So mm-hmm. when you're thirteen, you can only download so many songs. I had these three songs on my iPod for like, you know, a couple of weeks and it was all I would listen to.
0: You can't run like but a four hundred dollar iPod for three songs. <laughs> With
1: three, I love it. it
0: can hold five hundred songs. It doesn't skip. It's in your pocket.
1: The three songs were uh Float On by Modest Mouse and um, Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. Oh, and dude.
0: These are some, bang- <laughs> these are some bangers.
1: <laughs> and Bouncing Off the Walls Again by Sugar Cult. <laughs> Their band was called Sugar Cult. I
0: haven't heard the term Sugar Colt in so long. Oh, that's so Terrible
1: good. little alt-rock band.
0: Terribly awesome. Oh, man. All sugar ne- <sighs> Colt. That's so funny. Those
1: three. I I don't know why I remember that. I guess just because that moment i mean we all remember the ipod oh my god it changed everything it blew open your brain
0: original had the orange backlight on the four touch buttons you know that there was not a click it was a click wheel but you couldn't actually click it it just made the clicky noise and then it all all touch no buttons all touch sensitive that was their thing and i don't know who does i guess we have steve jobs rest and rest in peace to thank for this it's (laughs) pronounced He made this great device, and for whatever reason, he made the backside of it scratch up more than a freaking. So, <laughs> like, why was that so? Every back of every silver iPod was so scratched.
1: Like for a minute, you could look at yourself, like narcissist yeah. in the pond, <laughs> and then quickly. Let's take you, the most could, delicate
0: <laughs> mirror and like stick it in your jean pocket. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: <laughs> and then you bought. You had your parents buy like an eighty dollar iPod case that mm-hmm. was like looked like a tank or a transformer (laughs) and then it didn't fit in your pocket anymore no and you couldn't like quite
0: get the headphone jack in there the way it needed to be kind of like bended it a little bit yeah Uh, it was bended it bent it
1: (laughs) did you you got an ipod
0: i did have one i did have the first ipod and was overjoyed and uh uh, yeah i think ten thousand songs in your pocket was their thing and yeah again like spent the whole christmas day just frying my computer by importing my entire cd library decided to Downloading do it loading cds yeah. decided to do it and i think we had a bit about this on the first first season but like spent all of jesus's b-day just throwing in <laughs> throw it literally not That's with family alone in my room sweating because the fan of my computer's <laughs> frying and like just watching cds import one by one and then every now and again one would reject it and have to start over yeah. um
1: or the the text wouldn't translate and you'd have to manually input the album and track <laughs> exactly. names.
0: Exactly. Yeah, which was a disaster. And then I remember yeah. finishing like most of it, or maybe all of my library in like one day, exhausted, just <laughs> staring at my computer all day, working harder than I've ever worked before. But take my headphones, take my iPod, I go to I go to the st- the Andrews house and because we did like the Steinbauers, the Andrews, yeah. the Bears, we did like a little Christmas party around then or something. And It was like the day after Christmas, I think, was the party this year. Went in with the headphones on, just blasting the iPod. Like anytime someone tried to talk to me, I'd have to be like, what? And like take my headphones out. Basically like, oh, I got an iPod. Did you not know? I just literally (laughs) in a party with like three, a very small like family gathering, just blasting. Not talking to anyone. (laughs) Not talking to anyone. Blasting Mr. Jones. And uh, (laughs) it was just like, yeah, I probably, that thing probably alienated me from more people than any other device in my life. Uh, I could not stop listening to it. I'd fry the battery multiple times a day. Um, yeah, it.
1: it was. It was it, the the bus ride. Yeah, it it kind of was like the pre cell phone like isolating mm-hmm. device. Like mm-hmm. they had games. It was. It was the first thing. Like I we I would play poker with my friends, and then I remember everyone mm-hmm. slowly talking less and like would have iPods in. Yeah. <laughs> sunglasses on we're betting like five dollar buy-in
0: yeah we we got together with like our eighth grade friends gambled and didn't talk to each other at all because we had upside down sunglasses like the flying dutchman on espn and yeah. would, would have like and an ipod yeah because we saw toby Maguire do it at the world series of poker and we all we yeah. Won, yeah it was like a hat sunglasses and the ipod Completely oblivious to the game in front of us,
1: and meanwhile, every time you got like a good hand, you'd like sit up straight and (laughs) totally give it away. Like, like, yeah, but the sunglasses are working. (laughs) You hear like
0: heavy metal being turned up on the iPod, (laughs) like Slayer.
1: (laughs) You just just hear I've Got the Golden Ticket, the Willy Wonka soundtrack when you got Pocket Ace. It's like all
0: you hear is like the click, 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 click.
1: I think Colin has... I think he's got pocket kings.
0: Oh, that's so funny. Oh, little little bullets, little pocket aces.
1: Just fold to throw people off the (laughs) sun. Too rich for my blood. A
0: little 7-2 offsuit, immediate fold.
1: Mom walks in with pizza rolls. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Uh,
0: Lynn. I said bagel bites.
1: (laughs) That's so I don't know why that was so funny.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, Um... yeah, okay, yeah that, for-
1: <laughs> that was that was unreal. Wait, so we're we're at the yeah. Can I can I ask a question? Yeah, of course. <laughs> On my own pod, can I can I ask a question? <laughs> Just asking for permission. um I feel like in my life, <laughs> this is not a question. <laughs> like a question. <laughs> Just if tell us what about, you want to tell us, Ryan. If I can talk about me, no, I swear this is going to end up. uh I want to see if this is reflecting reflecting your life as well. I have kind of like. As far as the listening, like there was there at some point there was a break, mm. and usually, I think it happens around age thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, where you go from kind of just consuming what's put in front of you, whether it's the radio or whether it's your dad giving you these tapes, to all of a sudden, there's like a snap, and you realize there's a whole other world of music out there mm-hmm. there's a whole other class of bands that you're that you now discover and now are able to discover and all of a sudden you go from like just kind of accepting the music that's put in front of you to kind of curating and you discover that band that Mm -hmm. band and that band it changes the game for you Mm -hmm. and it's the first band that you discovered on your own that you're really proud of and it, uh, the word break is just the, the, the most apt word in my head because for me, I, I remember that moment. I remember it clear as day. I remember how I discovered these bands mm. and it changed the lens on life for me. Every The color of life changed. My clothes changed. I started wearing different clothes, mm-hmm. um, emulating different style and, and like idolizing different, mostly male front men, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, did you have kind of like, a, like a, a tonal shift in your listening life?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I distinctly remember and you showed me death Cab, So this is credit to you. Um, there were a few other bands that I had, that I had found, but it was always music was always a communal experience. And especially back then, because you were limited, right? Your, your buddy had the Reliant KCD, you didn't have it. And so you had to go to him to listen to it or to borrow it or, you know, vice burn it, whatever. And so it was this kind of shared thing. There are very few bands that I remember in those early years discovering on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, Tokyo Police Club was one of them, but that TPC. was even that was even later into high that school. That was later, yeah. But I remember listening to Death Cab for the first time and having that thought again, this is this is like early high school with you of listening to We looked Like Giants, um oh, first yes. first song off Transatlanticism, 2003 record and I had listened to a lot of Switchfoot and Reliant K and like church music and worship yeah. music. But I remember listening. Power chords. <laughs> exa- yeah, exactly. And it was playing, you know, music in the band. And, but I remember listening to that song. They, I, of course, like shredded functionally was very familiar with like the, the structure of the pop song. They get to the bridge. Um, like, do you remember the JAMC is the line, right? They get to this bridge and they stay there. And then the song fizzles out at the bridge and mm. what, what, what functionally sounds like the bridge, it functions more as an outro. But, um, I remember thinking they just broke the form of the song for mm. me and I hated it. I really, I really <laughs> struggled with like, well, they have to go back to the chorus eventually and they just end and it goes to they the ne- you know, it just goes to the next track. But yeah, that was definitely the moment for me. And then, of course, I ended up loving it. it became one of my favorite records because it was different. Um, it
1: changed everything. Yeah. And then
0: you and then you get to Transatlanticism, the title track, and it's a seven-minute song, right? That just builds and builds and builds. Mm. Um, that is the title track, correct? Transatlantic. Yeah, so I'm getting old now. Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. long. Yeah. So it was like, that was another thing of like, well, what if you just played the same four chords, slowly increasing your volume for seven minutes? Like, I never thought about doing anything like that. Yeah. That doesn't happen in classic rock, that you're now in like a post kind of some sort of post era. Um, yeah. What, what about you? What's, what's yeah, one of those moments?
1: It's a similar moment because I think there's something happening when you and I are early teenagers, 13, 14, 15. There's like this. Indie, whatever indie means, we're just gonna use that as a placeholder. There's mm-hmm. this like indie rock boom that is saturating mm-hmm. the mainstream. So, I I can't even begin to talk about the kind of birth of my legit like serious music listening career when music kind of became my life. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, which is without- all, which is I'll just mention is all historically predicated on. Probably more than anyone else, Kurt Cobain and Nirvana, because you have sure. here, you, here you have a band music on Sub Pop Records, which is an independent record label, explode, yeah. right? They were like one of the first exploding. I, REM, I'm sure, it was that way too. But um, yeah, like you kind of like, oh, you can be this major band, but, but be independent, like that word indie functionally yeah. by being on an independent label. But then there's also now the genre of music forming called indie, which you could be on a studio. You know, one of yeah. the five studio labels, but still have that sound of we're going to do things a little differently, which then, of course, becomes the mainstream thing, where it's like Kings of Leon exactly. and you know all that, the Strokes and all that stuff. But yeah, sorry, I, was,
1: well, I was just going to say, I, I think no, that's a great little history lesson. Um, but I can't talk about kind of the birth of, of, I think you and and my and probably a bajillion other people's music listening sure. career in the U.S. Um, without mentioning the O.C. because it yes. functions so. It, 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 this character Seth Cohen, who, who's mm. you know almost twenty years later, it's really easy to poke fun at him mm-hmm. and see what they were going for there. And it's on Fox, and mm-hmm. it's like handcrafted again by suits.
0: <laughs> He's wearing Vans, yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. But that show launched all these quote-unquote indie artists into mm-hmm. the mainstream, like, eth- like ether. Mm-hmm. Death Cab, The Killers, uh, Rooney. Phantom, Lott- what was
0: Phantom Planet? Was the theme Phantom song? Phantom
1: Planet, yeah, yeah. All these these bands, which lacked... The Walkman tre- were on there? The, they all, yeah. they, and they lacked tremendous diversity, like, tremendously yeah. <laughs> lacked diversity. <laughs> but, the killers, I mean, yeah. this was a different time, and we were younger, obviously, but, like... All of a sudden this like kind of sad, moody, anthemic, atmospheric mm-hmm. indie rock is being launched into the stratosphere mm-hmm. and
0: overly it, expressive, emo kind of leaning on emo a little bit.
1: Yeah, and there's a generation of, of teenagers who are who are encountering this type of music. Mm-hmm. Encounter that with the kind of the Napster Revolution, music's mm-hmm. being democratized and spread everywhere, and the iTunes Revolution and, and mm-hmm. all the things you and I are talking about. And that that's all kind of systemic and and kind of structural, but then so I'm encountering that on one hand. And on the other hand, my brother studies abroad in London. Mm. And he comes back with bands like Block Party, oh. Arctic Monkeys, Franz Ferdinand, mm. um oh, American Franz Ferdinand. band Yeah, American bands like The Strokes, mm. uh I, I kind of found Interpol on my own. Oh, but love there's them. there's all these bands that like the personal for me is colliding with the structural and Mm. and and at age 14 15 i have this break and all of a sudden music Mm -hmm. becomes such a large part of my identity and who i am and how i see the world and of course it's tied up with like now girls and you're you know you're becoming Mm -hmm. you're into girls now and and uh you're uncomfortable around them so and what are all these songs about how these sad boys (laughs) can't get girls you know it's it's on some level satirical, but I I don't want to make it a joke because it feels really real when you're 14 and 15. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I spent most of my free time trying to, to consume and find music kind of along these veins. Um, Mm. and I think it's a really unique time. I'm not sure if there's anything like it before or after, um, I don't know i'm all over the place here but yeah this is it's kind of a rush of thoughts when i think about uh think about this
0: for sure De- yeah definitely like the nucleus of i'm sure puberty has a lot to do with that too i mean like we're talking about for sure pivotal years right <laughs> and that like emotional explosion i think is definitely contributing to more emotional music but yeah, there's there was and and you know when, when I talk with people who are like I don't I, I was talking to someone recently and he said I don't really listen to music. And I just kind of had that thought of like uh one I'm talking to a psychopath. Uh, yeah, that, I don't <laughs> I like everything. It's I like, wonder where no, the body is no, buried was my first thought. No, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just I don't know. Yeah, for me it was like this crazy like what you said, like that was the nucleus of of, of it, of, yeah. of. And, and I remember like, and I, well, I know we'll, we'll get into like playing music, but even like, I'll just mention like saying to my mom, like I want to be a musician at a young age. And then like, she's like, great. Like, well, let's get, let's get you piano lessons. And like learning classical piano and be like, this is not what I, and then like, okay, great. <laughs> let's get you to play trumpet in the school band. And then yeah. playing, playing trumpet in the band and be like, this is not exactly what I had in mind. <laughs> um, Till eventually like finding my first garage band, which I want to save yeah. some of that conversation. But like, yeah, like having that, like, almost that like I want to participate. This is, uh, this is so good. I have to participate in this in some way I have to contribute even if it's bad. Um, because this is like the sound, it it's, sounds like the soundtrack of my life, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know there's something, I think there's something really beautiful and-, and powerful in that. Um, but let me, can I zoom out for a second with a question for you, Ryan? Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Let's just totally zoom out here. Uh, why do you listen to music?
1: I don't ask those questions, Colin. <laughs> I, don't, I don't answer them either. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm
0: guessing you and it's, I probably fun. cover on average a record and a half or maybe two records a day of music. Uh, uh, maybe even sometimes if you're listening to music throughout the day, like the other, I probably crushed 12 records the other day just while working.
1: Yeah. What? It's, it's, old, Spotify is, is constantly running for me. Um,
0: wow. What, what I, keeps you coming back?
1: I think it's probably two things. One is raw emotional response. Like there's Mm. nothing like the feeling of discovering a song that makes you tick. And I don't know how else to explain it, Mm. but for some reason, some songs make you tick and others don't. Mm. And when you find, and there's degrees, right? Like some really mess you up and hit you hard. And like, you can't stop playing it. Like you just put it on repeat and there's nothing like that emotional re- response in this mm-hmm. in this life um and then second i think there's some sort of solidarity i see myself in this song whatever is being sung about whatever is being created and produced in this song resonates with you and you feel like it mm-hmm. either expresses what you want to express or tells a story that you you know identify with and there's just like you feel less alone, um mm. and maybe that's rare, and it's certainly different than what I described first, but outside of just like I enjoy it, I think that's what's happening when i when i i I resonate with a song or an mm. album or an artist, yeah, i don't know what do you think on that that's that's a super fundamental question
0: yeah, it is and I, I think part of it is like. I listened to music because my dad listened to a lot of music. Like, I think that's just an honest mm-hmm. response of like it was kind of handed down to me in a way um, but also like I don't know like I remember listening to like I think a lot of it has to do with the view of manhood in the South for me and in Texas of listening to Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin for the first time. And here's a guy who's screaming Mm -hmm. and wailing and who's who's making his voice sound like a girl. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and who's expressing um, this sadness and Adam Duritz, you know, the counting crows having this kind of whiny, you know, kind of like, Oh, like he's, he's expressing things that, this like type of sadness that you're really not supposed to talk about as a man. And like, he's being emotional in a way that maybe we're not supposed to, to be as as men. Right. And like, it kind of felt, I felt like it kind of gave me this permission to like, it was like, yeah, like listening to Robert Plant, like, uh, you know, I can't quit you, babe. And he does starts out with this, oh, you know, he's like just starts with this kind of wail. It's like, it was like hearing my soul for the first time being like, oh my God, like yeah. I've, I've wanted to make that noise, but I didn't know how or I could <laughs> in what context. And, and they have, they have these, this permission to do it because they're rock stars. Yeah. And in the midst of that, they're getting ladies. Like, you know, like, like,
1: <laughs> and like, there's a lot of, problems that come along with that yeah <laughs> of
0: course there's a ton of problems with that but it's like yeah like oh my gosh like these guys are being kind of effeminate in a way and it's and it's viewed as very manly it's, it's just, not
1: football alpha bro exactly. yeah it's 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 more theater um mm-hmm.
0: like taking oh, man, back sunday I, dude like just, yeah. just, they're swinging microphones and he's, tight you know, and he's yeah, t- super tight jeans and he's, and he's like, you know, he's, kind of, he's frolicking around on stage and it's this like, it's art and it's poetry and like, but if you did that in any other context without the music, that, w- that wouldn't be, you know, allowed where, where we come from. And, um, I don't know. I feel like yeah. that's kind of where it started was even just like a view of like, how can you, how can you be a man? Uh, what are, man. what are some of the ways to do that in life?
1: I have not thought about that. Yeah, and uh, you're right. It's, there's there's an element of like hiding behind the cloak of musician that allows mm-hmm. you to do these things. And when we think of Kurt Cobain or Paul McCartney or Jimi mm-hmm. Hendrix, we're not thinking of effeminate men. We're thinking of oh, these are these are men, but exactly these are sensitive men. These are um, emotional who who are talking about their emotions. And, and I think. You know we can talk about the South because we spent so much of our life there, at least when we were growing up, that wasn't something that was like actively encouraged sure or or kind of part and parcel of the masculinity paradigm, if you will uh mm-hmm. now things are changing and for the better, but at least when we were kids, I don't think that was something we we would have thought was super um super encouraged
0: yeah for sure yeah and like i'm even remembering the beatles and uh, while my guitar gently Uh, weeps that song and it's like even that title like you can't gently weep (laughs) like that's not something you can do and like here's a british rock band talking about his guitar with long hair yeah with long hair talking about his guitar gently weeping and it's like Oh like you can be expressive and you can be emotional and dramatic and it's and it's that's okay to be honest about how you're feeling on the inside and I yeah. guess that was kind of the that's that's I think why I keep coming back um which which now like of course is like exploded into into other genres we've you know we've been covering some very like male and and white centric genres but even listening to Kendrick Lamar for the first time in seminary and being like oh like this guy's expressing things that i don't know about (laughs) exactly and it's really interesting i'm getting a window into another world here um based on his you know very you know very poetic experience of 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 what you know his what his life is like and um and even getting to to travel that line into other ways of thinking and other genders and other um socioeconomic status and all that, you know, just other situations to where it's like you learn about people's lives through music. And, and I, I don't know, I've always been attracted to, you know, kind of as a folk kind of singer songwriter, I'm always attracted to the storytelling of it.
1: Yeah. And what's the things that I'm describing and you're describing the making you tick, the emotional response, the solidarity with the artist and the song, Mm -hmm. um, and the permission to be someone different than, than who you are and who you've been told you should be. What's cool is that I think that's universal. I think everyone mm. knows that feeling and what's, what's different is the music that provokes it within us. So mm. we could go to a different part of the world and maybe they've never heard death Cab, but they've experienced internally what we've experienced. I imagine mm-hmm. uh, with, with different content and that's cool that, that has to be some universal experience except for the psychopaths out there who like don't listen to music <laughs> or, or, or don't or don't like I don't really, yeah I don't really care about it. It's like oh I I just don't understand it. I'm not saying they're wrong and I'm right. I just don't get it. Yeah, yeah. How can yeah. you be apathetic towards music?
0: Yeah, but the minute someone says that to me, I just kind of always think hey, you and I aren't going to be friends. All it's right. just there's no yeah. way we
1: tried right. Even
0: if you like uh, country music, which I don't particularly love, like we can still there's a way around this. You know we can you like your music and you're passionate about. It, you can tell me why that's great and yeah, and vice and I can learn about you. But when it's just someone just immediately shuts you down with I don't listen to music. I'm just kinda like, wow, well, there's n- I got nothing. I don't get it. <laughs> then you're not I don't gonna like you're not gonna like me, my friend. Um, <laughs> Should, I, um I I gotta I, I gotta ask just because we're one other question here. Favorite uh super group to give me your super group band. Oh, yeah. I think you would ask me this a long time ago at one point. <laughs> I, did. I, I need a drummer. From any band combined with the bass player from any band, along with the singer from any band and a guitarist from any band. No offense to the keys players, but sometimes they can be, you know, aside from Elton John, they can be a little harder to find. So hit me with the uh, hit me with your your four piece lineup here. Right. We're talking like kind of maybe an indie rock is what I'm what I'm guessing. Yeah. drummer, Drummer, bass, guitarist, vocalist.
1: I definitely would have asked you this question like multiple times. I used to sit. The all star, the all star.
0: We don't get all star teams in the world of music. There's no all time sports team, so this is how we did it.
1: We get a few super groups here and there, Mm -hmm. but they're and they're but they're they're never perfect, right? Yeah, exactly. No one's gonna. If anyone knows all these people, just reach (laughs) out to me and let me know. Like we should be best friends. All right, hit me. For drums, I'm going with a metal drummer because he's one of the more talented drummers I've ever witnessed in my life. He's in a band called Deaf Heaven. They're they're not pure metal; they're kind of anthemic, shoegazy Mm. metal. Um, But like metal drummers, say what you you may hate Mm -hmm. metal, you may hate the aesthetic and the culture, but metal drummers are just uber uber talented. Just hardworking, yeah. Just fast paced, artillery Mm -hmm. style. Um, Bass, I'm going Interpol. The oh, bassist oh, in there, oh, the original yeah. guy Carlos, he just the slickest riffs. Oh, oh my what gosh. was that?
0: What was that track with the the Rosemary? What was evil, that? Evil. It's called Evil. Doo, doo, yeah, doo, yeah. That bass riff that kicks it off is so good.
1: My <laughs> buddy Peter and I saw them last year, and oh, that, that thing. <laughs> they're they're just bass driven. Heaven
0: adores you. I'm light. I li- <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's that's your bass player. Who's your who's your guitarist?
1: Guitar. I'm going. Uh, Probably, th- n- this band is not going to work, but like explosions in the sky. <laughs> oh, I just love, cool. like I love that kind of yeah. um, reverb-y, droney, yeah, uh, super uh, washed out. yeah. Just grand. Yeah. I, I, I just eat that stuff. I know it's overdone now, but they were the first to do 18 it. 18
0: delay pedals go yeah, in. <laughs>
1: I just eat that up. And when we saw them live, it was a game changer for me.
0: The Boss um, the boss Space Echo pedal, I feel like, was huge at yeah. that time. All right. It's That's a great It's answer. used
1: at, like, every church now. It's, <laughs> it's so I know. transported. But I know. they were the OGs for me. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then lead and singer. And the Texas band, too. Yeah, They were, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> lead singer, he got
1: arctic monkeys this guy alex turner he's Mm. just got he's got attitude he's got swag he's got he does this kind of great like half singing half speaking just dripping with like appeal at least as this kind of like very specific appeal Mm -hmm. that may be outdated now but the point is i grew up kind of i remember it was the first show i ever saw Mm. at like the first concert i ever went to that i'm like proud of um (laughs) And I just remember thinking he was the coolest person I'd mm-hmm. ever seen. I was like 16. and Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I like idolized him in, in a very real <laughs> way. Um, so he epitomized cool for me. For,
0: that's a great I, that,
1: answer. That band's not going to work in real life. But,
0: <laughs> They're just horrible but, together.
1: <laughs> they just don't flow at all. But, yeah, but yeah. That's, that's my all-star group. Uh, I'd be interested to get yours.
0: I love it. That's a great answer. Um, I got John Paul Jones on bass. John Paul Jones is the bassist from Led Zeppelin. He, I think he. You went with
1: like classics.
0: I'm going. I'm going. like all all Hall of Famers here. Um, Jpj on base, just because he's gonna line up perfectly um, with, I think, with Johnny Greenwood. Oh, uh, yes. as my guitarist, Heck, like, yeah. Guitarist from Radiohead. His brother is Colin Greenwood, who's the bass player from Radiohead. Johnny is also one of the composers of the London Philharmonic, um, which a lot of people don't know. He's a, like kind of a prodigy classical musician and composer. Also scores all of Paul Thomas Anderson's films. He's a math. He's a genius. He just he's yeah, and then he's like shredding for Radiohead, right behind Tom Brilliant. York. Um, Brilliant. So John Paul Jones bass, Johnny Greenwood guitars. I'm gonna have to go vocals. I got a tie between Adrian Lenker, um, female vocalist, uh, like very mellow singer songwriter, uh, who's also in a band called Big Thief, a rock band that I yeah, love.
1: Yeah, I saw them. They're great. <laughs>
0: Dude, she her, her her vocals just she's got like a buzz she's got a, like a buzzed haircut and like arm tattoos. She just looks awesome. Um, Fun
1: fact, she used to she used to be like a pop artist. It's really brutal. Did you <laughs> she really? Like, she made like a tonal shift, which You're we're kidding. all entitled to do. She was much younger. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah.
1: We're all, I mean, heck, I we're all doing it. We're talking about how yeah. we've shifted over our careers. Katy
0: Perry was the lead singer in a bad Christian rock band yeah. for before she was Katy Perry. Um, and now
1: she's the lead singer of a a bad solo artist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah, so it's vocals tied between Adrian Lunker and uh, Adam Duritz, lead singer of The Counting Crows, for yeah. reasons I've mentioned. And then I would play drums.
1: <laughs> you narcissistic <laughs> just, son of a gun.
0: I'm not saying this is the best band ever, but like... I you a, just want to be in the band. I just want to be in the band. Drums was like my first love and first instrument I played in the in the rock and pop music world. So I would say like... Because you don't need to be a great drummer all the time. And That's, I'm not. I'm a
1: drummer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I
0: would love to like... Yeah, just be a part of it. And like, I feel pretty confident on drums. And then just being to able up. to like... Not have to book the gigs. Like I'm fine. To, <laughs> I'm fine to carry the gear, but not have to like carry the songwriting. I feel like,
1: anyway. dude. And like, hopefully, you're opening, so you, someone else is backlining <laughs> drums, and you just show up with your cymbals. Yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> I got cymbals. breakables. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's that Fred uh, Armisen joke about? Most of drumming is this, and he's just unscrewing the wing nut yeah, on top yeah. of the cymbals. <laughs> dude, <it's> so funny. <laughs> just hours dude. of setting up gear.
1: There's a a moment when you're playing a gig, like before the gig, where you shake hands with the drummer whose kit you're using, and it's like two diplomats, like two (laughs) emissaries meeting at a summit, and you're like, I owe you my life. Thank you so much. And is it cool if I use the, okay, no, and yeah, okay, that works like that.
0: And then you immediately feel insecure about your set, and you're like, I've been wanting to replace the, the bass pedal, you know, I've been looking at the DW, and but I haven't had the time to get it, you know? <laughs> you, like, start defending your set a little bit, you know? Oh, you're oh, sh- using the paste instead of the Sabian, okay. <sighs>
1: I, sh- I, I should have tuned i wish i knew i wish i knew how to tune uh,
0: yeah none of us do we just kind no, of yeah. no drummer knows
1: how to tune you just keep turning you the, the just, yeah.
0: that's, just yeah. your
1: drum key yeah
0: never replace the heads on the on the skins they're, they're 18 years old
1: <laughs> looks like someone took a high heel to them just so many <laughs> you imprints.
0: played with the travis barker sticks for a while which were white so you got like white paint all over your symbols <laughs> ruined them
1: you're adjusting oh, the seat height. Just like, yeah, that's, that's the key for, for my success. <laughs>
0: whoa, whoa, Ryan, the drum throne. Let's call it what it's called.
1: <laughs> you ever see Whiplash? He's like, oh, it's the seat height then. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's the, so now you'll play good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's basically me. That's so funny.
0: All right, so we've mentioned one band here a few times in this conversation, and I want us to tell this story, uh, what you remember. Oh, are you pausing? What do we got?
1: I'm just, I'm, I'm emoji hands praising. I'm oh, oh mo- okay. Because we're about to talk about this band <laughs> and this story.
0: <laughs> so we've talked about Death Cab uh, for Cutie. It's the full name, Death Cab for Cutie. Um, band out of Seattle, originally on Barsouk Records, uh, now on Atlantic Records. I believe they're still there. Uh, been a band for a long time. Benjamin Gibbard is the lead singer. There's a bunch of other great members of that band. Uh, junior year of college, I believe. You and Andrew Johnson go in together for my birthday and get mm. two tickets to Death Cab. We do. I always thought that was interesting because you didn't buy three, so like immediately one guy's out. No, um, Andrew
1: could not make it. He that's, not, that's right.
0: He could not make it. Um, so I was
1: like, so now I have to go? <laughs> I got so a homework I, assignment?
0: <laughs> I, got, I have to pay half and do the chore? Uh, <laughs> so we go to the show in Houston. Me yeah. Ryan and I um had been to a number of concerts before. But this was Yeah, we'd been to
1: some. I think we DPC. both knew
0: going into it that this was like pretty seminal.
1: Yeah, this was This was our high school love. Two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. So this is about three... We've known them for about three, four years now. We're like, we're super fans. We've heard every album, mm-hmm. every track, multiple times. Their
0: first release was on cassette. You know, I've, I had gone back at that point and bought other early releases of theirs on cassette that I had in my possession and would have to fish out my old stereo to listen to. Um, like, hardcore fans. I, I, I remember... So I remember, Ryan, we, we go to the show. I don't even remember where it was. Do you remember?
1: house of blues houston yeah
0: house of blues houston we come out from after the show it's raining i remember it was raining or or wet and yeah
1: i think we should say it was a fantastic show
0: it was a fantastic show I, they played we
1: were, a lot of really good stuff they did
0: I, at that point i think they you know maybe four or five records played a very eclectic set a lot of old stuff a lot of new stuff all the hits, you know, we, I, th- I feel like we were both very satisfied. They also just sound Super. great live. Like
1: so great. Ben Gibbard played, I'll follow you into the dark alone. Acoustic mm-hmm. the whole, it was transcendent.
0: It was transcendent. Yeah. Um, or someone say transatlantic. Okay. That's not Trans- true. <laughs> it's not a great <laughs> not joke. Great. Um, so we decide. And at this point I have, I've recorded my first record solo record. I have it in my back pocket and, it's in the course, the hard jewel case that mm. you regret. And I have that in my back pocket and we decide we've got to meet the band. And I'm and <laughs> the I'm same <laughs> jewel case from the Robbie C story. <laughs> it's, it's the exact same jewel case from the Robbie C story. Yeah. Um, ooh, we didn't, we never ever, never actually mentioned his name. We just did. I love it.
1: Oh no, <laughs> it was anonymous. The whole story. Uh, in season early
0: early bar to death ref there.
1: Deep cut fans.
0: Deep cut fans. Only. You know. So we go outside with a group of how many would you say started with us? Let's call it
1: fifteen, twenty. Not a big. It starts group. off a you know yeah. There's yeah. there's a fair amount of people there maybe, who want to see these.
0: Uh, yeah, thirty max. We're waiting. Yeah, in, at its peak. Yeah, and we're we're near the tour bus.
1: It's like eleven o'clock, eleven thirty.
0: Yeah, eleven o'clock, eleven thirty. W- weeknight. I feel like half hour goes by. Energy is still good. Maybe one person slips out. Hour yeah, goes by. You know,
1: band is you know winding down they got to go to the tour bus at some point
0: if i felt like we waited a long time hours is i would what I say two
1: hours when it was all set because we were set on meeting we were gonna ben
0: do yeah we were set on meeting ben gibbard and i remember
1: nothing else to live for
0: <laughs> i remember seeing chris walla the guitarist and producer and who's the bass player's name Oh, geez. I think Nick?
1: it's also. Oh, it's Nick. It's, yeah, Nick. it's
0: Nick. Nick. Nick uh, Harmon or something. Something. Nick Horner. Nick, yeah. yeah. We're getting. We're something warming like it. We're we're zoning in. Chris and Nick. Come we're out. super fans. We, we probably yeah. knew at the time. Yeah, we definitely knew at the time. There's actually a video of me screaming, "I love you!" Uh, and I say the drummer's name, but I mess it up, and then you correct. Jason. me. Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all in the video. I should. We should post that video. I probably still have That's it. That's great. Um, they come out. And so Ben, lead singer, front man, not, not with them, but you and I are yeah. just like exploding with joy. At this point, I feel like there's like 10 or 15 of us. Like we'd lost a few. We the definitely, rain.
1: there was attrition.
0: I also feel like we were under a bridge. I don't know if I'm remembering that correctly. Like they well, parked do you remember, under an overpass or something? I,
1: yeah. It was like the, a, like a loading dock at the back of House of Blues mm-hmm. and it was starting to rain mm-hmm. and it was very late on a weeknight mm-hmm. and we were- <laughs> Like a we Wednesday must have been at covered. 1 a.m. Yeah. Losers,
0: lose. Yeah, they come out and we're overjoyed. I give Chris Wallen my record immediately, so he's going to throw that right in the trash. Um, and <laughs> and so at this point, you and I—I I forget which oh record, earlier record, late '90s. There's a there's a moment where somebody we think it's, it's Chris, called. We think it's Chris. Yeah, go ahead.
1: It's called. We have the facts, and we're voting yes. And it's their second or third album, but it's it's still pretty early Mm -hmm. in the discography. It's
0: title track, right?
1: the The song is called actually called title track. Yeah, kind of confusing. Literally, the album is called something else. Yeah,
0: the album is We Have the Facts, and we're voting yes. This the track is called title track, and it's the it's track one side one. Um, Normally, the band
1: would call it the album title. And we would say it's the title track, but yeah, they yeah, actually yeah. called the song title track. <laughs> yes,
0: which we thought was the coolest thing ever. It's so, a great song. So something is said at the beginning. Wait, wait.
1: Should we play it?
0: <laughs> yeah, go ahead and just cue it up if you can. And I'll just, uh, while he's finding that, something is said at the beginning of this track um, that essentially, in a way, maybe counts off the track. Or we, we didn't really know what it was, but it, there's like an, oh no, it. that's... Yeah, here it is. Yeah, so so basically, we've always wondered what is said at the beginning of this. Okay, Ryan has it for us. All right, take it back.
1: One more time. <laughs> okay, so it's like seven seconds of yeah. distant dialogue. In a room. Yes,
0: yeah, so they had they had said something or something happened in the studio that may, I guess they thought was kind of interesting, and they spliced that in at the as the, the beginning of this song, which is the beginning of this record. So for Ryan and I, this is important. What they said is incredibly important. It sets the whole tone for the record, for the concept behind it. It's it's they're arguing about a woman. They're arguing. Oh, we have no idea, but we're excited.
1: And it if no one knows, like no yeah. one knows for sure out there, and. Presumably, no one has asked him, and so if we know, we'll be the only we'll be the, people in exactly. the world to know. Super fans,
0: like super fans. So Ryan and I essentially decide if we get one shot, one, one question, one. I'm handing him my record. <laughs> no, record? No, no questions asked, because that's not a question. Um, I hand him my record, and then we that ask, doesn't count as a question.
1: He <laughs> tries to walk away. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You said we had one.
0: <laughs> yeah, you said we had one. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, and the, we decided we're going to ask him what is said at the beginning of title track. So we ask him at, at 1 a.m., pouring rain. <laughs> We've been waiting out here for hours. I remember our feet were, my feet were, I just from standing up, you get there at 6 p.m., Dehydrated. Dehydrated. You know, you're exhausted. You want to go home. And I, I forget if it was Chris or Chris Walla. It was Chris Walla. <laughs> Do you remember what he said?
1: So I think, I can't remember which one of us asks, but we say something like, So, Chris, at the beginning of title track, on we have the facts. <laughs> Something is said in the first seconds, and it's really distant, and we, we we can't understand what's being said.
0: At this point, there's fans behind us who are trying to get autographs. They're trying, we're and we're like holding up this line with this we question. We don't.
1: We don't ask. Do you remember? We say what, and is we it? know it's his. We know it's his voice. Yeah, so we, we know, say we fe- yeah. What did you say?
0: What was said? <laughs> he goes. <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't. I don't really remember or know.
0: <laughs> I have no clue. It's essentially. He,
1: he didn't even know that was there. And he you, totally <laughs> forgot.
0: And you've got like Wayne and Garth just in front of him. <laughs> just Beavis our, and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead sitting in front of him, and our like energy and joy just slowly dissipates into the rain. <laughs> like, you, what do you mean you don't know? And he's like, dude, that <laughs> was so know. long ago. <laughs> You you made a joke down the road, Ryan, where you're like, we did. yeah, I was so coked out in the 90s. I don't remember any of that. I
1: honestly, I was so viked out, I don't remember anything from that record. Honestly, he, or he's like, he's like, oh, that record, That Piece of Garbage? Yeah. Why don't you take yeah. that home and light it on fire? Yeah. <laughs> if you ever listen to that album that we did again, the big my biggest
0: mistake. It's interesting that you guys like that record because it was a total disaster it just if destroys I could us.
1: Destroy one thing I did, oh. I would destroy that album, and I divorced my wife. <laughs> it's like- all right. Well, that's that's a <laughs> that's extreme <tough>. shelf,
0: <laughs> dude. It was one of the funniest moments in my life because we thought for sure we were going to get to the bottom of it after years of speculation, just, and we got he gave us nothing the, from the from the man's <laughs> mouth, the the mouth of the horse, the he horse's mouth. He said it. He said it and like on, yeah, and he's like, "Dude, I have no idea." And then he just moved on to the next person, and they were he was so kind. They were kind to people. He had,
1: but, a, he had security tased us, <laughs> kill them. <laughs>
0: The record I give him is not my record. It's a weird mix, love record, love mix. Shrink wrapped somehow. I got it, like, paid someone $500 to machine shrink wrap it. Dude.
1: Uh, dude. Do you remember the prestige when uh, <laughs> Hugh Jackman's asking Christian Bale, he's like, which knot did you tie, Borden? He's yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. Do, I, don't, I don't know. I yeah, can't yeah. remember. <laughs> How can you not know? Yeah. <laughs> That's basically us.
0: Yeah, it was pretty... Uh, it was just I had that moment of like welcome to adulthood like you forget like, uh, <laughs> you're gonna <laughs>
1: like no like what adults don't care about this minutia that you do when you're 15 you obsess over
0: which I know every... they they obviously cared about it they put it in the record nothing nothing unintentional happens at a studio. And
1: now, but at that point, he's a 40-year-old man. He's producing other records for Mm -hmm. other bands. He's He's probably
0: thinking about leaving the band at that point, which he left shortly after. He left shortly thereafter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, He left because of our (laughs) question.
1: He he was so disillusioned (laughs) (laughs) by the little incel virgin fanboys that we were. (laughs) That he's like, I have nothing to do with Death Cab.
0: (laughs) Death Cab is dead to me. Oh, dude. It was one of the funniest moments. And I felt like... Yeah, it was, and it wasn't even like, oh my, like I think we thought maybe he'd respect us as like hardcore fans, but there was, Uh, it wasn't just he'd invite
1: us onto the tour bus.
0: (laughs) I pop my record in the CD player, (laughs) it starts skipping, it's scratched. (laughs) I blew it, (laughs) dude. That was because I thought for Uh, sure we'd get mad respect from him, and it was basically like he just shrugged it
1: off. I think he was sad. He was like looked at us with pity. The way like Jesus looked at like people in the New Testament. He's like and he looked at them with pity.
0: (laughs) These guys are clearly single and they only Uh, have each other. And He thought
1: we were like Mark David Chapman with John Lennon. (laughs) Like we're carrying catcher in the Rye copies. We're just about to kill him. (laughs) Can I get an autograph? Hey,
0: hey I, don't, I don't I don't want any trouble, guys. I don't want any trouble. <laughs> I'll wear your skin, Chris. <laughs> Tell us what you said. <laughs> That's so, so good, dude. Why wow. do we have trench coats on? <laughs> 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 Why don't we take a breather? Let's, um, wow, we covered a lot of ground there. Maybe too much. It's
1: too much ground.
0: <laughs> Let's put a pin in it because I want to continue the conversation with us as musicians, Ryan, and yeah. your experience, like, <laughs> us as that's,
1: part- what, that's what we'll call ourselves yeah. <laughs> after this. Us participating We're artists, <laughs> but I am an artist. <laughs>
0: uh, us moving from consumers to contributors for better or for worse, and yeah. uh, let's cover that next week. Um, we'll put a pin in it. Uh, if you have any embarrassing stories of meeting your musical idols. Please send them to us, bard to death podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on IG, F B, that's that S M, that social media, and uh we'll catch y'all next week. Anything to close us out, right
1: Uh no, man. I have an untold concert story that we should not tell now. But like if this podcast ever gets a season three we gotta revisit there's okay. just too much to <laughs> yeah. talk about with music yeah there's too I, much I could talk all the rest of my life about music um, <laughs> thank you listeners for partly humoring us hopefully you identified with mm-hmm. some of this and, and looking forward to continuing the conversation in a slightly different light next week
0: mm-hmm. alright we'll catch you guys AC Slater see you later <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my line <laughs> I stole tagline alright later guys later.
1: 9 p.m lights, it's never too late to readjust your seat. Sit back and think right, you never can trust oncoming headlights. You're my luchador in Spain, so call me if you need me.